this morning on the third hour of today, breaking overnight. Who's got the billion dollar ticket? One very lucky Mega Millions jackpot winner at our grocery store in Florida. We've got the latest on Lotto Fever. And speaking of lucky, the civilian crew headed to the edge of space. We'll meet the three Virgin Galactic passengers, including a mom-daughter duo getting the chance of a lifetime. <laughs> then book talks, big business, how TikTok is inspiring a new generation of book lovers. And it's not just readers taking notice. And picking the perfect summer produce. We'll show you how to spot the best fruits and veggies and keep them fresh for weeks. Today, Wednesday, August 9th, 2023. Live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza, this is the third hour of today. Good morning and welcome to the third hour of today. What Let's day is it? What day is it, Mike? What day is it, Mike? What day is it, Mike? There you go. I thought yesterday was Wednesday all day long. What? I don't know. And I kept thinking, like, okay, Basu's got her hair appointment. I'm like, no, that's today. No, it's wow. today. Happy Wednesday. Halfway there. Thank you for waking up with us this morning. Somebody's waking up pretty happy today. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Does anybody go to Publix? And you have family in Florida. I have a lot of family in Florida. And I texted them. I'm like, just wondering. They're like, no. Nope. No, no. <laughs> well, Here's maybe the they deal. lied. Here's why we're talking about this. This is yet. the Publix. Uh, someone who shops at this grocery store, this is in Neptune Beach, is going to be a billionaire. Wow. A single winning lottery ticket sold here at a Publix grocery store for the estimated $1.58 billion Mega Millions jackpot. Largest prize in the history of the Mega Millions. It makes game. me nervous at a grocery store because it might have gotten tossed in the bag. You know, oh, like, I hope not. Have it. You know what's um, funny about that? I mean, think about it. Like, they probably went to, to like, buy some toilet paper. And you just got one. Some yeah. bananas. Yep. And they're like, you know what? I'm going to grab a lottery ticket. Like, I kind of have to. Oh, my yeah. God. Especially they have that ticket. The lump sum would actually be uh, quite the, the number. Yeah. $783 million. <laughs> That's Odds the of winning the Mega Millions jackpot are about one in $302 million. I kind of feel like... If you win this, it's your it's your season. Like it's your time. Like, one and <laughs> yeah, one and three. A bit of an understatement. I mean, twenty twenty three. It's all about me. <laughs> it was meant to be. Like but by the way, a gazillion million. What five uh, uh, seven tickets got the five uh, numbers worth a million bucks each. Were any of those in New York? Uh, we, we don't, don't know. know. Oh. We don't know. Okay. Did we check ours? Uh, what, I believe you, me. I guarantee you, if the if the folks back back there, if we had one, we would know because none of these cameras would be on. Yeah. None of the, the, the and chairs and we might not be here. right. Lights would be out. Uh, no, so we didn't win. No one here won. From a record-breaking jackpot to to some more history that's being made. This time, sending civilians into space. Just two years after founder Sir Richard Branson and his team blasted off to the edge of space, his company Virgin. Galactic set to do it again tomorrow, but this time, this time with the crew of civilians. Well, NBC's Gotti Schwartz is at Virgin Galactic Spaceport in New Mexico with all the details. Gotti, are you one? I wish. I, you guys are talking about mega millions. I would do anything to win the jackpot that you're going to uh, about to hear this mother and daughter duo. They actually won a ticket to space. Sign me up for that type of sweet sweepstakes. And, and just to recap here how cool this is. We are talking 
three civilians, people just like you and me who are now becoming astronauts. They have been training to get into one of these, been training on what to do when this thing goes supersonic, goes Mach 3 uh, with a thruster behind there, a rocket that's pushing 70,000 pounds of thrust, taking them up into space. Then they go zero gravity. They take off their seatbelts. They float around. They come back down to Earth. All of it as part of this dream to get as many humans into space as possible. Take a look. This is the next frontier of space travel. Here at Virgin Galactic Spaceport, deep in the New Mexico desert, three regular folks are training for the ride of their lives. I kind of feel like I was born in this life for this. On Thursday, they'll blast to the edge of space on board the Unity. I was once a child with a dream, looking up to the stars. Now, I'm an adult in a spaceship. The same ship that rocketed Virgin Galactic founder Sir Richard Branson and his crew to space in 2021, 53 miles above the Earth, at speeds of more than 2,300 miles an hour. All right. But this next space trip will be Virgin Galactic's first with civilian passenger astronauts only. People like Keisha Shahoff and her 18-year-old daughter, Anna. Natives of Antigua, they'll be the first mother and daughter duo in history to go to space and the first astronauts ever from the Caribbean. For these astronomy buffs, it's been a dream since childhood. I'm hoping to give myself that confidence to try new things. What are you looking forward to the most? Just looking back and seeing our beautiful planet and then looking across to see my daughter's face. The third passenger, 80-year-old John Goodwin, a former Olympian from England and a lifelong adventurer who's also battling Parkinson's disease. Just shows you this attitude of space for all is a wonderful attitude. These passengers undergo three days of rigorous training to prepare for the 90-minute flight, including three minutes of total weightlessness. You want to go and fly it? <laughs> I would love yeah. to fly okay. it. To find out what to expect, I took a spin in their cockpit simulator with Chief Pilot Dave McKay. I'm going to uh, pitch it up into the vertical. Wow! We're climbing, and there is planet Earth above us now. Wow! Even in this simulator, Earth just seems like a miracle. Yeah, it is. It's a very, very beautiful thing. All this part of British billionaire Sir Richard Branson's quest to make space travel accessible to everyone. More than 800 people on his wait list for a seat with current ticket prices at $450,000. Though Keisha and Anna scored their spots for free by winning a lottery, getting the news from Sir Richard Branson himself. Uh, you're going to space! <laughs> Hopefully, this will inspire other people as well. Take your dreams back out, conquer your fears, and go get them. <laughs> I mean, could you imagine winning that? I'll make you guys a deal. If I win a Powerball, I will buy anybody that wants to go on one of these with me a ticket. How okay. with any of you guys? Uh, you're really? paying. Come on. I don't know. I'm I was scared. Dylan, really? Dylan wants me to go. Uh, yeah, I'm saying. <laughs> don't even worry about it. $450,000. It's a steal. I'll pay for you to go. <laughs> Dylan would collect the money. You're right. That's a good point. Thank you, Scotty. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Scotty. <laughs> Dylan funny. wants me to go. And what's even weirder is she didn't deny it. No, Next. no. She, never heard a no. Never heard a no. Said, no. Oh, no, stop guys. it, Al. Speaking I've, of stuff. Learn. I didn't say anything. <laughs> That's our point. Uh, speaking of the stars, it's the end of an era, at least for this year, for Taylor Swift's 
Eras Tour in the U.S. Tonight is the final concert in L.A. Oh, man, people are excited. I know. Our biggest Swifty super fan, Amelia. (laughs) Amelia. I just called you Amelia. You know, I combined Emily (laughs) and Akeda. Amelia Bedelia. Amelia. (laughs) It happens. Live at SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles with all of the excitement. Hi. Now I wish I saw the show. Hi, Emily. Hi, guys. Good morning. Well, you can see I've got my friendship bracelets on, which means I did get to go to the show earlier this week. It was nothing short of spectacular, but you can only imagine what tonight will be like. The 53rd show in the United States for the Eras Tour and the final one here, at least for now. And even after performing for nearly 200 hours since March, Taylor Swift continues to pack every show with seemingly limitless energy. After 52 explosive sold-out shows nationwide, Taylor Swift is gearing up for the grand finale of the first leg of her U.S. tour. I've been waiting for this moment for seven years, and there will definitely be tears. From high-energy choreography to costume changes and soulful acoustic sets, Swift's stamina continues to stun, performing for 11,000 minutes since first opening in March. Scale of 1 to 10, just how excited are you? 13. (laughs) Tonight's show will be her sixth sold-out concert in the City of Angels, bringing in an estimated $160 million in earnings to L.A. and bumping up the county's GDP by $320 million. It's a -a once-in-a-lifetime thing to get to see. I mean, who sells out SoFi six nights? Like, I'm kind of terrified. (laughs) Like, this is crazy. Crazy. And she could sell more. The Eras Tour comes amid a summer of major girl-powered entertainment turning into big bucks. Beyonce is once again proving who runs the world, with her Renaissance Tour drawing enough tourists in Sweden to impact inflation. And for the first time, the VMA's Artist of the Year category has all-female nominees. Well, after less than three weeks on the big screen, Barbie, directed by Greta Gerwig, has brought in more than a billion dollars at the box office worldwide, the first movie directed by a woman to do so. For Swift's final shows, the star power on stage is being matched in the seats. Mindy Kaling, Sofia Vergara, and Selena Gomez among the famous faces spotted in the crowd. The love for the lover singer is universal, with self-proclaimed Swifty dads getting in on the action. I'm super happy to be here just because of that. I think it's going to be so much fun. I don't usually wear bracelets um, or funny, kitschy t-shirts, but here we are. Tonight, one last chance for dedicated Swifties to see their favorite performer, light up the night. You guys can feel the anticipation building here. Last night, the audience erupted to applause for more than eight minutes long after one of her songs. So you can only imagine what tonight will bring. Can I just point something out? Los Angeles is the 19th city that Taylor Swift has performed in. And then think about the date, August 9th, 8-9, 1989. Fans are speculating, could we see her announce the re-release date for her 1989 album? Guys, I'll tell you this, in the words of Taylor Swift, I'm ready for it. (laughs) Wow. That, you just gave wow. us a you, physics lesson. You went down the rabbit I hole mean, there. Yeah. Like, oh, did you know that pi equals... <laughs> oh, no. Emily, thank you very much. Maybe we could get Taylor to go to an Oppenheimer movie. That would be even better. Thanks, Put Emily. All, together. all right, coming up, your medical questions answered. Dr. John and Dr. Natalie, it's the power team here. They are here with all your back-to-school basics and all your questions. Dr. Right Duo. I don't think we should keep them in the same place at once.
As back to school season kicks off, we're getting you and your family ready with another edition of Ask and Answered. We've got our crack medical team of experts here, NBC News senior medical correspondent, Dr. John Torres, and NBC News medical contributor, Dr. Natalie Azar here. Dr. John, Dr. Nat, good to see you guys. Good morning. Good morning. It's going to be a great podcast. I, I'm so this would be a great podcast. That, right? That's right. Two Dynamic docs, no doctor waiting. Duo. So uh, let's, get, let's start with back to school. Uh, parents of kindergartners all the way up to kids for one who's got a one in college, what do we need to start? Yeah, it's for? hard to realize it's already back to school time. Yeah. You know, it's already that time of the year. But one of the most important things you want to remember is immunizations. And you want to start those now. They're vaccinations. Meningococcal is a big one for kids going to college. So check on that too to see sometimes colleges mandate it. Sometimes they don't, but it's a good thing for them to have. On top of that, you want to look for what kind of outbreaks are going on during the school year and how you can look at that, particularly COVID outbreaks, because that might determine masking requirements mm-hmm. at the school as well. So look, look in on that. And then when they go there, you want to look at things like pre-participation physicals. Are they going to need one? Because now's the time to get it, and they'll have forms that they need specifically filled out in order to do that. And then check in with your kid. Just say, are there, is there anything you're worried about? Here's what might happen this year. Mm-hmm. When I was in eighth grade, here's what happened. You know, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. Just let them know that they can talk to you. You will listen to them, which is important, and you will go from there. That's really good advice. All right, Dr. Natalie, we have a viewer question hey. from our researcher, Veronica. Hi, Dr. John. Hi, Dr. Natalie. My question is about coming into the office, even if you're not feeling well. In a pre-pandemic world, people used to push through and come into the office, even if they weren't feeling their best. Should I still do that in a post-pandemic world? And what's the protocol to determine if I should or not? It's hmm. a great question. You know, it is a great question. And I feel like as much as things felt like they changed after COVID, they really, really should have stayed the same. Meaning that I know we kind of all like, oh, you mask it with some Advil and you go into the office, but that's not necessarily the right thing yeah. to do. So a couple of things, and this holds true for any of these respiratory infections. If you have a fever, you should stay home. If you're coughing and sneezing, you're spreading your germs, you should stay home. Definitely make sure to check your workplace and your school guidelines in terms of are they following strictly CDC protocol for COVID. And by the way, the CDC guidelines on COVID in terms of when to end isolation, how to do testing to get out of isolation, how long to wear a mask, none of that has changed. Oh. Mm. The country and the world seems to have moved on, yeah. sure, but yeah. the CDC hasn't. So you really want to double check and make sure what your workplace is doing, if they're following it and how strictly. Hey, on those COVID, a bunch of us, we all had COVID. COVID tests at home. Do those expire? They sure do. They do. The FDA extended some of those. You can look into that, but they do expire. And Mm. when the public health emergency ended in May, they're no longer guaranteed to be a free or covered by your medical insurance. That's a a whole other conversation. But um, so testing is not quite as easy as it used to be, but it's still important. Okay. Okay. All right. Next, we have a viewer question from Marisa in Los Angeles. Hi, Dr. John, Dr. Natalie. How much water should we realistically be drinking each day? since it's been hot and does it vary by age group? I mean, you do hear a lot. You do hear a lot. So just, just remember this. It's not a one-size-fits-all. We've all heard about the eight glasses a day. It's it's generally a decent target to go for, but it does vary. It varies depending on how much activity you're doing, if you're sweating a lot, what underlying medical conditions you might have. Um, a good number to keep in mind, roughly half your weight in ounces is kind oh, of wow. a good goal. Okay. Remember that if you're, if you're drinking when you're thirsty, it's already too late. You might be a little bit dehydrated. Mm. Okay to include some caffeinated 
carbonated beverages, but non-alcoholic. And also you can get your water through food. Think watermelon, mm-hmm. lettuce, okay. water. Mm. What about coffee? Like yeah, a little, a little. Don't make little. caffeine your main beverage, okay. but some caffeine in your beverage is actually okay. okay. Our okay. next question actually comes from the control room, our coordinating producer, Ooh. a good first, friend. First time listener, long time. Uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Matt, what's your, this is Matt Greenfield. Thank you guys very much. Uh, Dr. John, Dr. Natalie, if you're not feeling well, how do you decide if you should go to urgent care or if you need to go directly to the ER? That's a fair question. And this is a great question. This is a question I get all the time. Mm-hmm. And so there's a couple things to look at here. Number one, you know, can you stay home and take care of it? If you're able to hold fluids down, if you're able to get a fever under control and it's only been a few days, you can stay home and take care of it. However, looking at urgent care versus ER, you can see right there, if it's minor things, sore throat, flu-like symptoms, you're vomiting occasionally, but you can keep things down and it's not more than two or three days, you can do urgent care. ER, that's emergencies, respiratory issues, chest pain, stroke-like symptoms, bleeding that won't stop if you've had a seizure, those kind of things. Uh We're out of time. Matt did not get a chance to ask his follow-up question about his arrest. (laughs) You couldn't even get it out. Couldn't even get it out. Matt, do you want to ask him about your rash? Stop it. (laughs) (laughs) Not cool. Go to break. I didn't think you were actually going to say it out loud. Coming up. Dr. John, Dr. Natalie, we're sorry sorry you had to see that. Coming up, a reading revolution, how TikTok is changing the book world, skyrocketing sales, and helping authors go viral. Speaking of authors, we've got a brand new one with us today. Rapper Gigi is in the house. We'll hear his personal story as the third hour of today continues. Sorry, you had to see that. Matt's going to have to go. We are back on National Book Lovers Day with the story of how social media is now inspiring a new generation of readers. It all started on TikTok with users posting with the hashtag book talk. And now it's reshaping the book world altogether. So, of course, our resident, you know. TikTok expert. That's me. <laughs> Savannah Sellers. All the young people. All things. that young there people stuff. Yeah. <laughs> well, happy, well, yeah. Uh, let me tell you. Let me, this is a good one. This is a corner of the internet you want your kids on. Let's just put it that way. All happy right. National Book Lovers Day. So on average, a 50 billion year industry, that's the book industry, publishers say they are seeing sales impacted from this book talk. I spoke with a young woman whose passion for literature has opened the door to a unique online community. <laughs> I struggle to think about like how I chose a book before book talk. For 26-year-old graduate student Satoria Ray, reading has always been the preferred pastime. I've been an avid reader ever since I learned how to read, but I was always against getting TikTok because everyone that I talked to was like, it is so addicting. Like most of us, she caved eventually, originally starting an account to document her travels. And then I started getting back into reading like heavily last year. And it kind of took off from there. She now spends her free time candidly chatting with her online community. The topic of conversation, books. I want to read some of the stats, actually. We've got nearly 30,000 followers, more than 900,000 likes, and hundreds of thousands of views. What's that feel like? It honestly feels surreal. Because, you know, like, I just make these videos in my home. For somebody who isn't on TikTok or doesn't know what that is, what is book talk? I would describe book talk as a bookish community within TikTok that is wide and vast and really dependent on you as a reader. The book talk hashtag has a whopping 162 billion views and counting, but understanding the content requires 
understanding the lingo. So we have TBR, which is like to be read DNF means like you did not finish the book. And so sometimes, yeah. I have a lot of DNF on my nightstand. (laughs) And the more specific those terms get, the more tailored the videos become. And if you're looking for a very niche, like monster romance, for example. Monster um, romance? What is that? It's it's exactly what it sounds. Are it you is a monster romance. I am, and it is a bit spicy, so I don't recommend it to everyone. You have to like a little bit of spice. Spice is book talk speak for parental guidance suggested. This digital movement has had a major influence on the publishing industry, with videos propelling popular titles to bestseller status. Our videos go wherever, right? Anyone can see them. I think that it really allows authors to reach people that they might not have met before. Kristen McLean is an executive director for Circana Bookscan, which tracks the sale of most printed books in the United States. She says though momentum is slowing, BookTok provides a steady stream of new consumers. We started to see other categories decline, but the categories that were being embraced by this community on BookTok kept going. 2022 saw $760 million worth of book talk books sold, and this year that number is expected to rise more than 30%. This is a new audience. It's younger, it's more diverse, it's very digitally savvy. And so for us, it's really important just as a bellwether for where we think the consumer market is going and what that audience might be interested in. But it's not just new titles climbing the charts. Back in February, a Vermont man's book became a bestseller 10 years after its initial release, going viral on TikTok after his daughter posted a video. Of you, got 15 million views. The book surpassed two Colleen Hoover titles and Prince Harry's then recently released memoir, Spare. It seems like it really brings the reader and the author closer. So you have this direct feedback loop. I'm wearing a shirt that says, like, sorry, not today. I'm reading Kennedy Ryan, who's one of my favorite authors. And when I say favorite, I don't just mean, like, I really enjoy, like, her work. I mean, I feel like I know her personally because we talk all the time. Above all, Satoria says what makes Book Talk special is the connections she's made. I've met so many people. We have book clubs where we go on live and talk about monster romance. It's not something I want to talk to my in real life people about, but like the online people, they get it. Monster romance. In life, what do you guys think of major retailers like Barnes and Noble? They're actually creating. You might have seen this if you've been in a bookstore recently. They're creating these sections Mm -hmm. for book talk. There's tables that says book talk summer. Like that because it really is making a genuine impact. We also reached out to TikTok. We spoke to them about this. They said book talk is not only a celebration of literature at its best, but is also a testament to the power of community on TikTok. Adding, we're witnessing a movement that is igniting a love for reading and spreading knowledge in ways that at one time felt unimaginable. I love it. Monster romance has a real place on TikTok. What's monster it's romance? Like, it's a love story with yeah. monsters, but as 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 we mentioned there, it's spicy. Well, that, yeah, yeah, a little bit of spice, that grabbed my attention. I was in a, bookstore, in a bookstore the other day. There was a section that said, paranormal young adult romance. I thought, <laughs> wow, they are really narrowing this down. Like vampires and werewolves. Yeah, like I guess. Whole, um, yeah, absolutely. Twilight. Oh, Twilight. I, I love Twilight. There's a whole, there's this whole other series that is like just as big as Twilight yeah. now called A Court of Ro- Thorns and Roses. Amazing. Also oh. that blew up on TikTok. Yeah. Good. Really cool. And there's certain interesting things going on where you read them out of order, stuff like that. And it seems like to talk good. about that on TikTok. Uh, our our producer yeah, Greeny just said, uh, we have to rash, please. <laughs> oh, you mean Oh, rap. he said rap. I'm sorry. <laughs> <This>. <laughs> 
<laughs> we have to go. Coming up, Joe speaking of books, we have a brand new one that you'll want to check out. Look at this. From none other than rapper Jeezy. He's here. He's live in studio this morning to tell us all about it. We'll be right back. Jeezy's like, I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> anyway. Our next guest is a hip-hop legend, J. Jeezy Jenkins, rapper known for his hits like Put On, I Love It, and Soul Survivor featuring Akon. And his collab list includes everyone from Usher to Rihanna to Jay-Z. And now he's an author, too, with a new book. It's called Adversity for Sale, You Gotta Believe. It tells the very personal story of what it took for him to turn his life around. And Jeezy is here with us in studio this morning. Thank you for coming in this morning. morning. Thank you guys for having me. So listen, you've been around, you know, for decades, but this is the first time you're really telling your story. Why now? I just feel like it was time. I mean, I've poured into my culture and community through my music, um, but I've matured, of course, and I just wanted to find a different uh, way to pour into them. Mm. Somebody gave me the book, Thinking Grow Rich, and, and I fell in love with reading. Uh, so I just wanted to give it back that way. That just great. Create that. Take us back to the beginning, because when you were younger, I mean, the first line of the book is, is, quote, I can't even front. I started out as a thief. <laughs> that part. What, 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 how did you gravitate to that, to that lifestyle? I was very ambitious. Okay. Um, and I was telling you guys early off, off record, uh, I lived in Japan, Hawaii, and my parents got divorced, so I had to move back to reality. Mm-hmm. And I was ambitious, so I wanted things, so I, I didn't have the money on the way to get them, so mm-hmm. I figured to take it. And that wasn't the best thing, right. of course, yeah. So, so what was the what was the turning point, Jeezy? What 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 was the light bulb that went on and said, "I gotta I gotta get out of this"? As far as life or just that situation? Well, both. Well, my grandmother, she gave me faith. She mm. she made me go to church. Uh, she <clears throat> she showed because she showed me what faith was, mm. right? And I started believing in a higher power, and I started to realize that I really had purpose because I was smarter than a lot of people that was around me because I was I was curious. I wanted mm. to learn. I asked questions, and I was into uh, intuitive. So. When I started to learn how that I could be a better individual and still be successful in my own right, I just started walking in that path because I saw a lot of bad things happen to a lot of good people. Mm-hmm. So I figured that the more good I could do, the longer I could be here. Mm. Right. The thing that's great with the book is it offers real tangible advice right. for success. Right. So uh, the four steps here, create a crystal clear plan. Yep. Discipline, the yep. willingness to make sacrifices along the way, and I'm right. and, sorry, I missed to have that plan too. Right. Mm-hmm. So, how have those four things? In the last part, you got to believe. How have you used those? I mean, I've dodged, I've dodged a lot of things in life, and I know it's not just me. You know, it's the man upstairs, mm-hmm. but those things help me to get to the next mm-hmm. level of life. And when you're coming from the basement, like under the basement, it's a long way up, mm. right? So, discipline is like key, and all those other things. You know, because you're not playing a game where if you lose, you're playing a game. If you lose, it's life or death, mm-hmm. prison or freedom. So you have to be razor sharp and you mm-hmm. have to be very intentional about what you're doing. Well, while you're here, I want to ask you about your congratulations, baby girl, Monica. Oh. Thank you. Thank you. It, it, you may not know this. Maybe you do. It's been widely reported. There she is. Oh. It's been widely reported. <laughs> she's your fourth child. No, I only have three beautiful children. <laughs> Google is tripping. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It just it started. And I just never funny. thought to, to fix it. To but it, here yeah. today, I have three beautiful children. I love. All right. And can I tell you how much I'm obsessed with Jeannie Mai? Like, I yeah. just think she's me, too. <laughs> that makes two of us. As you should be. Yes. It's just delightful. So congratulations. <laughs> Thank on all you the so things. much. On all the things. things. Yes, Thank all the things. So and this new book, uh, it's called Versity Adversity for Sale. For Sale. Yes. It is out 
right now. This minute. All Go right. get it. Uh, up next, from Jeezy to Flower Power, with some incredible decoration ideas, like this this DIY table runner. Ooh. It's going to have you feeling like you're an actual florist. <laughs> Third hour of today, right back after this. I love it. Thank you. If you've been looking for ways to spruce up your home this summer, flowers Mm -hmm. can be an easy way to decorate. Christina Stimble is back. She's the founder and CEO of flower delivery company, Farm Girl Flowers. She's here this morning to show us some unique ways to make your flowers pop. We always love it when you come to the studio because you you bring such beauty. We feel good. Yeah. And flowers do that for you, right? Yes. We've talked before about, I guess, to make a selection, to create your own, you want to start with whatever's in season. Yes. So what's in season right now? In season right now, you see them everywhere as hydrangeas. Hydrangeas. Yes, That's Deborah Slip. Deborah loves the hydrangeas. Amazing. I hope yeah. I can give her some good tips today. Then. All right. So, okay, so we have hydrangeas. We also have some other seasonal favorites. Roses are year-round. You can get them all the time, so it's an easy one. And then stock flower. What are these called again? This. It's called stock. Stock oh. flower. Yeah, literally just called stock. I'm not familiar it with it. It smells a little bit like licorice. It's yeah. smell of your house. just all fresh. Yeah. It's wonderful. Now, hydrangeas used to be one of my least favorite flowers oh. because everything you would see would look like this. Right. Yes. You know, it's like the roundy, moundy, and I... I I, like wanted to mess it up a little bit more and make it a little bit that wilder. That was Craig's nickname. In Roundy, 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 Roundy. Roundy. It was. Roundy. Yeah. So, so how do we, we do the arrangement? So give it some air. So first, like, just don't make it super tight. So give ah. it air. You can see the stems totally fine. And then if you want to take it up a, up a notch, yeah. we're going to add a few other things to it. Some boom. Oh. So here, pick up a pair of uh, clippers here. Okay. Yeah, and do two at a time. You did right, Craig, without even knowing. So you can take some roses mm-hmm. and some stock. In different and then heights. Stagger them in your hands first before you cut. Oh. And then kind of measure it on the table against it. You're going to put it on the left and right. Think of a V okay. shape. Yes, okay. perfect. And then just give it a 45 degree angle clip and then put it right there. Put it on the left or the right. Don't put it oh. in the middle. That's the trick. Wow. Keep a V with a valley in the middle. Here. Oh, is that, is that, the, is that the case with all arrangements? That's the arrangements we like to do. We like it a little wild. Perfect. Good. You staggered Good it. Job. Staggering the height is the, is the key. I so didn't stagger my height yeah. as well. I'm it's gonna okay. ch- I'm gonna, and, I'm and do one. two at a time, so okay. that way they're kind of clustered together. Cool. And nice. then it just gives it like this wildness, okay. like that. Do it again. All right, okay, yeah. I'm going to move totally. you down to the lane. Okay, so then, is, when you're done, magic of TV. I this love is what this. it could look like. Oh, at the end, right? It's okay, so okay. luxe and glam. And this is my new favorite thing. The vase all together. Yes, this is my my new favorite way to do hydrangeas. It's like you don't. It's an unvased arrangement. You don't even need a vase. So all you do is take a piece of chicken wire like this. Okay. You. Just kind of roll it into like we we kind of roll it like we would uh, cookie dough because we okay. like carbs uh-huh. and sugar at Farm Girl, and then you're going to need some some water tubes like okay. this. Now, Magic TV again. We already did it. You're going to water just, tube your oh, hydrangeas so like they this. Are w- in yes. water. Yeah, water, and then you just put them in there. Water. They need a lot of water, so I'm going to give you each one of these. Okay. And then all you do. This is a very technical term. We do this all the time at Farm Girl. We shove stuff in. Oh, <laughs> shove there there you go. Shove like, the right. stuff in. Right here, you can see at the end. And Always then, left and right? Yep, left and right. And as left you can see, right. we added some air on the left yeah. and at the right. We would do that, too. You want to leave better. it low so you that can see so your friend across the table. Yeah. So How great. long will something like this last? This will last overnight with the water tubes. You just need to make sure they keep water. And then mm-hmm. the next day, just fill okay. the water tubes up, and it'll last this as long gorgeous. as a couple days. I mean, water, if you right? come to the table and this is here, it just it elevates everything. It smells and you've got some amazing. succulent. I love a sucker for a sucker. I heard that, Craig, so we wanted to do something for you. You know why I like them? Why? They require very little maintenance. 
do. I baked a lot of succulents yeah, though. because oh. you overwatered them, right? Oh, That's I the forgot trick. about them and I'm like, oh, okay. I remember that. Under or over? I always overwater them. The trick with succulents is pick one color family, either warm or cool. Mm-hmm. Oh. We picked cool here. Keep it all kind of consistent. We added some air plants, and then my mm-hmm. favorite hack for succulents, so you don't kill them, yeah. is just take an ice cube or two once a week. That's it, and you just put it in the soil here. No way. So Can I do that with it. my house plants? You can. Um, they need a little bit more water, though. Oh, so you need yeah. like, more, more ice cubes. That's yeah. a really great idea. This was great stuff. And then just walk away. Don't overwater. Okay. That's nice. Christina, thank you so much. Thank, thank you. for having me. Coming up next, we got some simple tricks to keep your summer berries and herbs fresh for weeks. That's right. Weeks. Third hour of today. We'll be right back. Weeks? That's, that's weeks. beautiful stuff. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's fantastic. So, there you go. Are you leaving that? Yeah, I'm leaving it. Oh, so. yeah. That's pretty. Wow. Thank you. <laughs> All right, we're all about keeping cool for the summer, and that includes your fruits and veggies. Well, here to help us pick the best produce and keep it fresh longer is Chef Elena Besser, host of the Today All Day series, Head of the Table. Good morning, Good morning. I love when you're here. Being with you guys. I've been going through a lot of watermelon and a lot of stone for everything on this table. Uh, So how do we pick the best of the best when it comes to watermelon. Okay, watermelon, it can be a little tricky, and let's, the main goal that we want is we want it to be really juicy on the inside, Mm -hmm. so here's what you want to pay attention to. First of all, make sure that you get a watermelon that has one of these beautiful spots. Really? Yes, what this means is that it's been sitting sunbathing on the ground, so it's been able to mature to its full potential. There's also this great rule called the two-finger rule, where you want your the uh, thickness of the dark green stripes to be about two fingers. Okay. Lastly, give it a good old knock. What does that, what are we listening for? Okay, we're listening for juice. So we (laughs) want it to have like a thud sound when you hit it. And that means that it's going to have some nice juice on the inside. Also, you don't want it to be too shiny. You want it to be a little bit more dull. So those are the four things Hmm. I'd pay attention to. Keeping it fresh once you picked out the perfect one. Yes. So don't cut it until you're ready to eat it. I would say it will last in the fridge for about a week or so Mm. once it's cut. But what I really love to do, and this is also a trend that's been sweeping the internet, (laughs) is you can cut it into cubes, lay it on a sheet tray, and freeze it. And mm. then what you can do, put it into a blender or food processor, and you have the most amazing watermelon sorbet you've oh, ever had. Really? really? Just yes. the watermelon? You don't need anything else. Wow. Just the watermelon. Try it out. You will love it. That's okay. awesome. Okay, stone fruit. How do you yes, pick the best? stone fruit, we love them, but they're so delicate. They right. are. You need to make sure that they're treated with love and respect. So first <laughs> and foremost, look for stone fruit that is super vibrant. If you're lucky enough to get a stone fruit that has oh. the stem still attach, it should easily pop off and you'll know that that is right. It's ready. Also, you're going to want to push your finger down and if it has a little bit of a give and mm-hmm. indent slightly, that is another indicator that it's ready to rock. Smell it. Oh. It should smell oh, rusty and delicious. Can I eat this one? Yes, please. Okay. Anyone can have hey, it. I like All a right. good plum. How about oh, uh, same. I'm, I'm more of a nectarine guy. <laughs> I take a good nectarine a over a bad nectarine. plum any day. Well, <coughs> plum, you bite into it and it's sour. Zucchini. And it's like, Zucchini. Okay, believe it or not, bigger is not necessarily no. better here. Zucchini retain a ton of water. So as they grow, the more seeds there are and the watery. A little more fibery. Exactly, too, yeah. more fibery, more watery it tastes. So you typically want a zucchini that's between 
three to seven inches. Mm -hmm. Also, if it has its stem still attached, it's going to make sure that it stays fresher for longer. Store it in the crisping drawer in mm. your refrigerator until you're ready to use. Alrighty. Okay. Let's talk about corn. Yes. Let's talk about corn. My favorite <laughs> ever. Okay. Um, so with corn, what you want to do is you want to make sure that you pick corn that uh, feels really nice and plump. So basically take your finger, run it along the sides, and you'll feel those kernels, and they shouldn't have any give. They should okay. be really nice and firm. Then what you're going to want to do is you're going to want to store it in the husk. So mm. when you're picking out your corn, make sure that it's in the refrigerator section because it wants a cold heat. Oh, I didn't know that. Because oh, a lot of times at the farmer's yeah. market, it's, yeah. it's all no. out. Yes, it's all out, but the good news is they're picking it at peak freshness oh, at the it. farmer's market, okay. so you're going to so be able to bring it home right away pretty quickly. What I like to do is I like to roll it up and pop it into a zip-top bag. You can store that for a couple weeks, and you're good to go. Okay. Right. Elena, let's talk berries for a moment. My kids love berries, but I feel like they only last like three days. Okay, that, well, yes. Whether it be that you're eating them too quickly because they don't, because they're so delicious, yeah. or they may end up molding pretty quickly. What I like to do is I'll take a little bit of water, I'll take my berries, a little splash of vinegar, oh. give it a good old shake, and all that dust and dirt is going so to fall to the bottom. Mm-hmm. I so do you're, this now because of you. You posted this okay. before. Thank you. Thanks. Really? I didn't know and you want to lift it out, put it onto a paper towel line plate, mm-hmm. and then this is my favorite tip to make sure there's no mold. Line it with paper towel, put a piece of paper towel on top. You're going to seal this up, mm-hmm. and then you're going to flip it. So oh. what's going to happen is that's going to give an extra shake of the water to fall to the bottom. Store it upside down, and they will stay fresh for weeks. 30 seconds on the mint. 30 seconds on the mint. Soft, delicate herbs. They also want a moist environment, but they can be really finicky. So what I like to do, and this honestly will make them last for up to two weeks, take a damp paper towel, give it a good old-fashioned burrito roll, and store it into a bag. bag. And you're set. Do this with all of your fresh herbs, and you are going to be so happy because they will not. I didn't know that. We have learned so much this morning. As we always do. Love you all. We'll be right back. Delicious. All right, that'll do it for us today. Tomorrow, this is going to be fun. We're doing the third hour Lazy Edition. From the best shows to binge to the coziest products and one of the laziest animals, the sloth. In fact, don't even go anywhere. Just lay here and wait till we come back <laughs> we on come tomorrow. Back. That'll be much better for you. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. I do love Are you going to wear sweatpants?